Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Words change meaning over time. If you were my age, you would understand that. And sometimes I hear new phrases, and I'll actually have to ask the younger people who work with us, what does that mean? Because in the world where I grew up, it meant this, but apparently now it means something altogether different. And so a recent phrase we've come across, at least recently for me, is weaponized incompetence. And I immediately had to go to my daughter, Kimberly, and ask her what that meant. Hi. I'm Dr. Joe Beam. Welcome to Relationship Radio. And this is Kimberly, our CEO and our psychologist. Not yet, almost. (laughs) Well, you have a master's degree in psychology. I know, but still, I feel like I need the PhD to (laughs) rightfully claim claim that. Okay, I'll call you then our soon-to-be psychologist. So, Kimberly, I understand the words competence and incompetence. Sure. But I have never run across until you guys brought it up to me the other day, weaponized incompetence. So maybe we start off with like, what does, what does it mean to be competent? What does it mean to be incompetent? And what does it mean to weaponize? I mean, help me understand this because this is not sure. my generation. Well, I just learned this about a week ago too, oh. which is why it was flagged to my attention. So here's how it came to be in my realization as well. So uh, about two weeks ago, Rob, my husband, goes to the grocery store. He comes back and he says, hey, I got groceries. And I go and I look in the pantry and there are nine boxes of pancake mix and six (laughs) bottles of syrup. Mm. And he said they were buy one, get one at the grocery store, which he doesn't know because he's a man. But (laughs) when when things are buy one, get one, it means if you buy one. It's half off. Like you don't actually have to buy two the majority of the time. Then why does it say to get buy the one, one, get one free? That's a completely different conversation about marketing tactics. Used and so by- you're saying that men don't have the competence <laughs> no, 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 to no, no, understand. No. We're that. not even to the weaponized incompetence oh, okay. yet. All right. <laughs> so I make this real on Instagram because I find this hilarious and ridiculous at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I and I said, when you send your husband to the grocery store and like, this is what comes back. Well, I didn't actually send him to the grocery store. He went and this is what he came back with. This video goes viral. Thousands of people commenting on it. Multiple people saying, this is weaponized incompetence. And I said, what in the world is weaponized <laughs> incompetence? So I go and I look it up and it's a new quote, unquote, pop psychology word. Mm. It's kind of like the new narcissism, Mm. which basically means someone acts like they can't do something well so that you won't ask them to do it again. And as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, that's not actually what happened. Like, I did not send him to the grocery store with a list of things to do, and he came back and just intentionally messed it up so I wouldn't ask him to do it again. But I can under, but anyway, that's how these people were taking it. And I thought, man, on my end, seeing a a phrase like that, 
it feels to me like it is a word that people are using when they actually don't want to have a genuine conversation with their spouse. So let's just say I did send Rob to the grocery store, get milk, eggs, you know, produce, things that actually bring nourishment into our bodies. Mm -hmm. And he came back with only those things. Well, the right thing to do would be, hey, what happened? Were you not able to get these things? What was going on? Mm -hmm. Was there something in the way? But instead, it's like there's this group of people out there who are just saying, if someone doesn't do something your way or the way that you told them to do it, then they are the bad one. They are trying to do it their way, and they're doing it as a weapon against you. Now, that's the way I viewed it because that was how I learned about the phrase through a situation where my husband wasn't doing, quote unquote, weaponized incompetence. So I viewed it as this is ridiculous. But when you and I were emailing about it, you said, so it's basically like, I can't remember the word Deceptive you said. Deceptive laziness. Deceptive laziness. And I thought, maybe there's another side to this that I'm not seeing. So to use to go back to your first question, how would you define competence versus incompetence? <laughs> I think people are using this in such a general way that you that it's hard to give a as one definition to it, but I would say competence is a person having the ability and understanding to carry a task through. That's how I would view it. Mm-hmm. What do you, how would you define defining competence? Competence versus incompetence. Yeah, yes. Competence would be having the ability or at least the understanding of how to do it. As a matter of fact, there's an said. old thing that's been around forever saying that, mm-hmm. that m- many things that we do, we are, uh, unconsciously incompetent, mm-hmm. meaning I'm not doing it well, but I'm not aware of the fact that I'm not doing it well. And so if you learn then how to do it better, you can become consciously incompetent, meaning, okay, I know I'm not doing it well, but mm-hmm. at least now I'm aware of it. And then you can learn how to do it right. And there becomes conscious competence. I'm doing it, but I have to stop and think about it. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes unconscious competence. All right. So if you're teaching somebody how to drive your sister, Joanna, for example, mm-hmm. when I was teaching her how to drive, we were about to turn left at a light and, and the light turns green. We go under it. There are some cars coming across the other way. The first car goes past us and then Joanna turns right in front of the second car, turns left in front of it. Of course, I'm yelling and I can see the person yelling too. They actually had their tonsils out. I could see that closely. <laughs> and I'm yelling, what did you do? And she said, don't we take turns? No, we don't take turns. Take the green light, et cetera. So that was what we would, that's what we would call unconscious incompetence. I didn't know how to do it, but I wasn't aware. Right. Okay. So then conscious incompetence is, okay, I'm still having a problem with that, but at least now I can think about it. Mm-hmm. Conscious competence is, okay, I can do it, but I have to think about it to be able to do it. And unconscious incompetence is by now, she's been driving so many years, she doesn't have to think about it anymore. Right. Okay. So competence means the ability to do it. Yes. Okay. Uh, incompetence means not having the ability or understanding to do it. So right. we basically agree with that, right? Yeah, we said the same thing pretty much. Okay. And if I'm understanding what people are calling weaponized incompetence, because sometimes you'll hear people actually say this, I didn't want to learn how to do it, so I just went ahead and messed it up because I knew then they wouldn't ask me to do it again. That actually exists. There are some people that do that. Yeah. When I think of weaponized incompetence in the way people are actually trying to use it. I think, you know, that's my five-year-old son. He absolutely <laughs> can can know what to do, but he knows if I don't do it right or all the way, my older sister will come and fix it for me. 
And so that's how they're using the phrase weaponized incompetence. They are. However, I do also think there's a group of people who they just say, well, they have weaponized incompetence when actually they didn't communicate what they wanted or needed in a way that their spouse understood it to begin with. So now it's just back to the blame game, like the word narcissist. Well, because they're doing something that only benefits them and not me, since they're being selfish, they must be a narcissist. Narcissist. Narcissist, yeah. Since they're not doing what I wanted them to do, they must be using weaponized incompetence against me. It feels more of a blame game Mm -hmm. than anything. But I'm also sure that there's some situations where maybe a husband or a wife is like, I don't really know how to do this, nor do I want to. I'm just not going to do it great this time. And then you'll do it from here on forward. There are a lot of actual jokes based on that principle. Okay. And so, yeah, I think there is such a thing, but I'm with you. For example, there's a speaker. She died, oh, a year or so before we're recording this. Her name was Jenny. And I can't think of Jenny's last name right now. Sorry if, if you're her fan. And she talked about sending her husband to the grocery store. Mm. And she numbered the items. Like, mm-hmm. number one, get uh, you know baking soda. Number two, get uh, flour. Number three. Mm-hmm. And somewhere down the line, it was like, number eight, get milk. And he came back with one baking soda and two of the next. And All he right. came back with eight milks. And when he walked in with it, she looked at it and realized that, that because he thinks linearly, mm-hmm. It was her fault for numbering the things. And, and what you're saying is, if, if I don't want to accept responsibility, or if I'm just irritated or whatever, rather than saying, yeah, I see how I led to that, it's like, this is all your fault. Exactly. It's similar, as you said, to calling people narcissists. We, we know that less than 1% of the population in America has true narcissistic personality disorder. Mm-hmm. But it's become a way to blame other people. And as soon as you call the other person a narcissist, people are on your side and empathizing and sympathizing with you. Yeah. Are they trying to do the same thing with this? That's what it seems to me, for sure. But there's also another side of this, too, I think, which is, so what if you do ask your spouse to do something and they really just aren't good at it? It's yes, not is- in their strong suit. <laughs> It's it shouldn't be on their responsibility list anyway, then calling that weaponized incompetence when they don't do a good job, you're just furthering the divide between the two of you. Because again, it goes back to the blame game when actually, what if it was just a conversation of, hey, should that be something I take care of since I seem to be better at it? And then you can do something more in your strong suit. Hmm. So recently, your mother was not feeling very well, and I decided to make my own oatmeal. Oh, I read the directions. Oh boy! And I made a a, a, a kind of tar that might be used <laughs> for paving highways. I think. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it could work for that. And so I had to throw it all away and then scrub and scrub it. <laughs> the pot I had made it in, etc. I really did try my best, but mm-hmm. apparently I didn't understand something in those instructions. And so your mother just said to me. If you want oatmeal, I'll get off my deathbed if I have to to come (laughs) make it for you. Don't ruin any more of my pots and Mm -hmm. pants. So it wasn't weaponized incompetence. It was just incompetence. Right. So what's the bottom line here for people? I, from my view right now, I think the term weaponized incompetence is more, is being used more as a weapon of the people saying it about another person than the intention of the other person in what they're doing. All right, so let's come back to Arrow. Yeah, let's you do said it. that sometimes your five-year-old son, Arrow, will actually not do it quite the way he should because he knows that Eliana, his older sister, will step in and do it correctly. 
That's right. Okay. So what would you say to Arrow if you thought he was doing it incorrectly just so he wouldn't have to do it? And then we'll translate that yeah. in, and how you talk to a husband or wife about it. Yeah. I would never tell him that he's weaponizing what he's doing <laughs> because that's ridiculous. I, I mean, there's a series of things. I would say, hey, Arrow, this is not Eliana's responsibility, which is my daughter. You need to do this. And then I would tell Eliana, don't. Don't come in and pick up the pieces. Don't, don't rescue don't him. rescue him from the which is what we have to do. He'll try I mean, he does his best to get out of all his chores. But when when we when we say, you know, arrow, this is what you have to do and also pair it to a reward on the other side, which we'll we'll talk about if that's what we do in marriages or not. But when he can see like, okay, when I am responsible and get my stuff done, then that's a good thing and I can experience a reward on the other side of it. It he gets it done. He finds out how to be competent in whatever task it is because he does have the ability and he does have the understanding. And so therefore he gets it done. But he's not going to get it done if he feels like he's my enemy now or I'm his enemy because of how I'm treating him. It's going to be way more likely to get it done if I help explain, help encourage and help him see what's the benefit on the other side. Okay, so I'm hearing you say is number one, assess whether the other person really can do it or not. And I guess as a part of that assessment also would be, am I explaining it correctly? In other words, it might be my fault because I've said it in a way where it doesn't make sense to the other person. So it says, Mm -hmm. and if I believe that the other person can do this, Mm -hmm. then, and what I do is say, it's important to me that you do this, please do this for me. Mm -hmm. Well, that would also work in adulthood, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. And I still think there's a, quote unquote, reward aspect on the other side, which is fundamental in psychology, you praise the effort that you want to see again. So when your spouse does whatever it is, goes to the grocery store, bring even if they don't do it perfectly, but when they make the effort, they bring it home, then it's thank you so much for doing that. And pointing out the good things, you know, I really appreciate that you got all of these fresh fruits and vegetables, that's great. And then if there's part of it that maybe wasn't the best that you don't like, you don't have to criticize it. You just don't have to say anything about it. Right. Unless, of course, you're desperate for money and need to trade in eight pancake boxes for a little cat. (laughs) 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 Other than that. Okay, so it's really a matter of quit using this as a catchphrase to, to blame the other person for something he or she doesn't do the way that you want them to do it. Assess Did you explain it well? Assess, do they have the ability to understand and do it? Assess even whether, is it worth the argument? I mean, sometimes I can do it so much faster if I just do it myself. And whatever you do, don't make it into a blame game of the other person. You're not doing what I want. Therefore, I'm going to make it all your fault. Because that leads to destruction of relationships where really what you want to do is to find the good in each other. Now, are we oversimplifying that? I don't think so. You think it's that big a deal? I do. Okay. You heard it. Kimberly thinks it's that big a deal. (laughs) And I think we are 98% competent to give this advice (laughs) and guidance to people. We work with a lot of couples that struggle with this type of communication, that struggle with how do I... How do I share my needs with my spouse in a way that they can hear it and that they can respond so that both of us feel loved and respected? And the best way that we help couples deal with that and work through that and have a stronger marriage on the other side is through our three-day workshop, 
We do our three-day workshops online as well as in person, and it is the best and most effective and successful thing that we do at Marriage Helper, isn't it, Joe? Well, I think so. And one of the things we do in that workshop is if your spouse starts putting you down, using a phrase like weaponized incompetence, or tries to say anything negative about you or the relationship, we actually gently stop them and say, here, we're not here to beat each other up verbally or any other way. We're here just to learn. And it's amazing how just changing that, Mm -hmm. and then because of all the tremendous content we share with them, it becomes one of the most effective things that, that can ever happen to a marriage, to learn how to communicate, how to understand each other, and how, if you have a problem, how do you get past it no matter how large it is? Yes, absolutely. If you would like more information about that workshop, then go to marriagehelper.com slash workshop. You can find out all you need to know there, and we would love to see you at one of those three-day experiences sometime soon. And until then, we'll be back soon in another episode of Relationship Radio talking about topics that we think are actually applicable to today. So we'll see you then.